Three, two, one. Oh god, I got fucking beer on my mic. Already? <laughs> yeah, it like splurted. But uh welcome to the Trailer Park Podcast. This is episode four or five. I have another one recorded. I'm not sure if it's gonna if I'm gonna release that first or this one. We'll see. But this episode is with Carmen. Are you do you go by Carmen and Weiss? Or do you go by Bean Wolf? What do you do? Uh, I- my tag's out there, but like I've always been like, I'm, you know how they, they, I'm a strong believer in that there are tag people and name people, mm-hmm. and I've always been a name person. Yeah, it's um, like you have a tag, but people call you by your name when they know you. Yeah, everybody always just calls me by my first name, just calls me by Carmen. But I do, I do have my tag Bean Wolf out there, but never really, never really use it, never comes up. Yeah. Um, but. So, a little introduction to you is, you know, you're very much into the Weiss scene currently. Like, that's your scene of sorts. Uh, it takes up your it takes up your free time, is how I'd put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you make a lot of content surrounding it and everything, which is, I think, going to be our main topic talking today. But you are also, you know, you play it competitively. You've done well in it competitively. You've traveled for it. Um, so we'll kind of delve into all those things. And we're going to just talk about like content creation in general, I think. Because I don't know a lot. We'll get into Weiss because I know how to play Weiss. I've played Weiss. I've been to Weiss, a Weiss tournament or two. But I don't know. I feel like I've really fallen out of it and I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty niche game. Um for people who don't know what White Schwartz is, it's a uh, trading card game published by Bushiroad. Uh, they also make Cardfight Vanguard. Uh, and they did Buddy Fight in the oh. past, if you're familiar with those. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's by that company. And then it is a sort of a collaboration card game where they take different anime and game properties and they uh, create standalone sets from those properties. And then you build decks based on that one set or property and then you fight them against other properties and that's the that's like the general like explanation of the card game yeah and it, it was... is uh, definitely like a third string card game it's not as big as like Yu-Gi-Oh or magic or any of those mm-hmm. but it it's interesting because it was initially very like anime focused but it's really kind of gotten a hold of other properties uh, as of late yeah, English got like Adventure Time, Batman Ninja. Uh, we got Ruby coming out soon. It's pretty pretty interesting uh, what they've been doing lately. Um, but yeah, it's just you know it's all in that same theme, right? It's just you take your favorite media property and you slam it into your other favorite one. So yeah, hey, you got this one thing. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna put it on a card. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to how. So we didn't meet through Weiss or anything like that, though. But we we met totally through not, no. a very different thing called Super Smash Brothers Melee. What a game! What a game yeah. that is! What it's a game a, that is! Twenty um, years old. <laughs> yeah, this is insane. And we met in. So we've known each other since 2016, but we first met, I think, in 2015. Because I played you in pools at a tournament when I was still in high school. 
God. That's so yeah. long ago. It, yeah. It was old. It was Fight Pit 5. Jeez. Okay. All right. Yeah. We um I'm trying to remember uh so there was some Falco like in our pool. I can't remember his tag. Like there's like I'm trying to think of like any other signifier of like someone who like who would have been in our pool who would have been like noteworthy. To be honest, Hunter, I like barely remember. Like there's just so many tournaments, so much. Oh like, yeah. Well, I mean, it was like well, we both did that, right? Like we both ran stuff, and that was kind of how we got to know each other better. Yeah, um, because we were both like streaming, we're both running tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for people who also don't know, like Hunter and I also ran like a lot of tournaments and streamed a lot of stuff. Uh, around the time, like I, I mostly did it down at Pit, um, with the Pit Smash guys. Uh, really grew that scene over the time that I went to school there, down at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, in collaboration with a lot of other people, like Kofi, Bambi, uh, Andrew, Brian, like a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Bears fan who like invented it. Like Hunte was there as well. Like Hunte's always there at the beginning of everything. Gosh, He's I, like, I, the janitor I, of Smash, yeah. Yeah, Hunte just exists somehow in space. Uh, but yeah, I kind of came in towards. I feel like the not the tail end. It was more like the mid. If it, it feels like the mid season, like the pit smash stuff. Yeah, like the mid of middle of like as pit smash was really starting to take off. Like, I think most people in the smash scene remember the fight pit where Mango and Mewtwo King fought each other in like a completely empty room because like we were being thrown out of the venue. Yeah, and stuff that like was, that. And like, that was that's one of the when first we really tournaments to I on. watch on. Uh, that was one of the first tournaments I watched on Twitch. Um, yeah, it was insane. That's what. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I want to go to the next fight pit. And because I ended up going to shape, like shape five, or something, whatever. Oh, it was, God, that was a tournament series in Ohio, huh? Yeah, and jeez, I, the shape of melee. That is like a shout out to Josh. Uh oh yeah. Uh, what is his yeah, name? Like name? Josh Lozar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Josh Lozar. So, yeah. Like my first, my first fucking like tournament. I think it was my first tournament, not in my hometown, and like maybe. I like went to one weekly when I went to my uncle's in Indianapolis, but my first like actual tournament, I go to that and I walk up to my pool and I, you know, I check in and everything and someone taps me and like, Hey, you want to play our pools match? It's fucking Armada. And (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that tournament. That shape of melee where the Mango and Armada were there. It's a, a random tournament in Ohio. Yeah, and it was... Mango and Armada at this tournament. That was like oh. that was like the Wild West of like new Smash. That yeah. around that time, like Shape Five, Fight Pit Four, Fight Pit Five. Like that whole like timeline, I think, was when Smash for us really started to blow up because like I along with um. Bears fan, um, like 3DS was about to come out. Bears fan, like Hunte, April, a couple other people. We made um, the Man on a Ledge weekly series around that time, and I remember that oh, tournament yeah. going from like ten entrants a week. That was our like melee weekly. It went from like ten entrants a week to like twenty, like thirty, and around this time, we're like 
consistently getting 60 plus people on a Friday at Carnegie Mellon University in these random classrooms, like running tournaments and smash just started to like become absolutely insane. Like, and I've, I've, I was there, I was a part of it and I was, I'm really honored to like be a part of that, like sort of uh smash history in Pittsburgh, just like being there oh, at the yeah. beginning for all that stuff. And like, we ran the stream, like if people don't know the, the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh smash, like YouTube channel that has like an ungodly amount of content that, it's that what? is mostly like the stream that I helped put together is like a lot of that content. And then people took it up after me. And like, like a lot of that stuff, that was like my first step into content creation as we like shift to this topic was like streaming for Melee. And we do that every week. We do it for big tournaments, started to get more into it, started to like actually create like some overlays and try to like cultivate like a community of streaming tournaments. Um, I like also like streamed and helped run Teco, which is like the Pittsburgh local anime convention for all their events. That was sort of like my first step in the content creation was uh, right. with that. And like event production. Yeah, like event planning, event running, like tournament organizing. Like it's different now. Like I feel like I say TO, but like TOs for card games, it's it's like a it's like a joke. You, you, you yeah. go to Chalon, you put people in a Swiss bracket and it runs. Like running a smash tournament, a double elimination bracket is like an actual undertaking and a skill that you like begin getting better at. And like, shout out to all the new TOs in Pittsburgh now. I mean, like Gumball and uh, there's a bunch of other people who are currently taking it up that are doing really well. Yeah, um, it's crazy to think that Gumball's now like the old head sort of person at it at this point. Yeah, it's insane. I, I feel bad because like I don't know a lot of the people that go to New Mole because like I haven't been there. We went to one on like a random week recently just to like see how it was like you know post covid to see how it's gone and like the tournament's still firing and like people are really like taking up the mantle and, I, was gonna uh, say, I feel like doing an awesome job yeah i feel like now like it should start to pick back up it's like it's so sad because during covid like it pit smash club like completely died it sounded like um but i kind of want to go back to what you said about how you know you guys started you know creating the overlays and everything my process when i started like even in in bradford when we started doing weeklies and i like got the equipment and everything to start recording or streaming and everything i quite literally would see mole stuff i would take a screenshot of like a mole vod and just cut out the gameplay and the webcam take your thing and like use it as a template to make my own overlay uh because i had never done graphic design or anything like that before uh to like build all of my shit when i was first getting into like streaming content production sort of things and i also like because i think you you would like post it somewhere about your setup at least a little bit and oh on my blog you're talking about the the um the pedal board stuff that I did even like a while before ago. that no like before I think that was, like, even yeah, farther back even farther back because it was like this was before we had even met because you did the pedal board stuff after we met that was a long time ago. that 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 that, that was yeah. relatively yeah, at like, the end of my streaming career this is like far far back hmm yeah okay. this is like far back this is like hard to remember back like this is like I was in oh were you talking about the stream guide. 
the stream guide. So. Like, yeah, the document. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was like a Google Doc where there was a stream guide on how it's like. Yeah, I read the most guide on how to stream good and how to do other things good yeah, too. Was yeah, like yeah, yeah. Zoolander so, joke. Yeah, okay, I remember. I remember now. <laughs> it's been such yeah. a long time. That is yeah, a thing I, I made. So that's how I, because I have, we have an old YouTube channel for, we had a weekly series called like P-A-N-Y Smash or just Panty Smash. Well, um, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's not a whole lot of VODs on it because I had, when I was in high school, uh, I had garbage internet up until like my, towards the end of my senior year because I moved. But I had garbage internet and just could not upload VODs. But I would record a lot of shit um, and stream when I could. And then, but then after that, like, I would, I, I like started recording events and like going, I did a lot of uh, just random, I take my stuff to pit events. I took my stuff to like a random Neo event, to some random Neo events. I did a Fredonian tournament. And then I think after that is when I started to take over like the either semi takeover or just fully take over like pit events. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember you would because at that point I was like, I was on my way out because like if you don't know, like for people who don't know how like melee streaming works, it's like you bring all this equipment to events. You're the first person there. You're the last person to leave. Like no one can really help you because your setup is so specific. Like it's it's always like a pain to like get set up and tear it down because you got to tear it down the right way so that you can set it back up faster the next time. So like people can't really help you even though they want to. And then even after the tournament, you get these people. I always post the the joke of the hairy image of the like you got the people yeah. who like the tournament's been over for an hour and these people ask you where their vods are because like you know Gimmer like created a. Uh, a culture of the VOD being available like almost immediately after the set was over because he was insane. He would like cut the set immediately after it was over and then upload it. Which oh, was yeah, like an a... like ultra premium feature at the time. Like you have to understand this is before OBS was like a full featured product. This yeah, is we're... back when if you wanted to stream you were paying for a premium exploit subscription. And like Gimmer would use this like premium feature where you could cut off and upload the VOD at the same time as like you're still streaming mm-hmm. and like that that made people expect you the like neighborhood hometown streamer to be able to do this and like yeah. I can't tell you how many Facebook messages I got like an hour after this tournament ended where I just want a beer and a permani sandwich like and to go back to my dorm room and crash and like these people are being like where's my VODs I need to see how I got three stocked by Jigglypuff or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I also like. I'll be honest. Towards the end of like when I was streaming for Pit Smash, it was annoying when I, you know, it's streaming for Smash. Like, it's not like a lucrative thing. Um, not no, and. You you know I very much geared my stream setup to being very like uh, user friendly so that anyone could like very, pretty much I work with people where I was like hey I want it I want this to be like I set it up I can figure it all if there's issues I work on it uh, I will run it during you know top eight uh, top thirty two or like top sixteen 
but like during pools and stuff, like I'll run it when I can, but I'm not going to be with it like 24 seven, unless it's like a major. Yeah. Cause, Cause we were like, also players. Both yeah. We're also, you. It's like, yeah. there's, there's no point in me sitting at this thing forever for like this, this small regional. And especially when I've made it so cookie cutter that anyone can do it. And then sometimes like Tio's getting mad at me. Cause I'm like, you know, off getting food or like, you know, at a, you know, I'm also, yeah. I'm not from Pittsburgh at the time and I'm still not like I'm driving three and a half hours. Like what I'm getting paid for doing the event is like paying for me to get there and back to where I live. Yeah, you did get paid. I have never, I got not paid. once, not a single time in all my content creation in any game, whether it's streaming, whether it's making wise content, anything. I have never made a red cent off any of it. I've never even thought about it. Like, it's never even crossed my mind. Like, why did I even get into streaming? Because I just wanted to do it. I thought it'd be fun. I thought it'd be a community thing. Like, it's the same thing for, like, Weiss content. I didn't, like, I mean, sit that's... down and be like, oh, I'm going to, like, make this, like, you know, like a pseudo career, like a side gig. Like, everybody's like, no, I just want to make content with my boys. Like, I just want to get on there and, like, talk shit about cards, like, for a couple right. hours. And, like, you know, make a whole thing out of it. And it was the same for Melee. I didn't even think about ever, like, profiting on it. And then, like, now, it's so funny to think about. Because, like, this was, like, pre-Twitch boom. Like... Oh, yeah. It's, like, insane. It's just, like, huh, this thing that I was just kind of doing because it was fun and, like, you know, we were, like, moderately successful at, like... People do do this now as a career, so it's like it's it's just kind of wild to think about. Like I've literally never thought about making content creation like for money. It, it's it's never crossed my mind, like not a single time. And you were mostly just getting compensated for like driving your shit down, right? Oh, like, yeah, driving yeah. down and setting up. Yeah, I I had like one. Well, like for fight pits, I got a, a bit more, mostly just to buy like equipment. Yeah, uh, because it was like you know my setup. I mean, especially now, because, like, I, my excess income goes into, uh, I like to make quality stuff when I make content. So, like, I have a nice camera. I have, like, when I, I mean, my peak, like, streaming setup for Melee was, like, I had GoPros, and they each attached to, um, internal capture cards, and, like, there's 720p 60 fps like and i had lights and everything yeah. that's that's way more than i ever did for that i always did webcams for I player mean, cams like those logitechs are like perfectly good like i mean yeah c270s just run off uh usb yeah. extenders that was like literally what i did and then i because i dumped my money into i was very like insane and like particular about squeezing the best recording quality mm -hmm. i could out of a 20 year old children's party game which is really really hard so like i've owned every capture card that's ever existed at least once like up until i stopped streaming i think i have owned and worked with every single card to a certain point and now i look in my box and i have like a single dazzle that i'm too like I'm, I'm too like attached to it to get rid of. It's just like a piece of absolute garbage that I'd never oh, yeah. use. Like I can't I, get rid of it. I can't, I can't bring myself to get rid of that thing. Um, I, and then I, I have, like, have 
an Avermedia extreme that's for right. HD content. Oh yeah. I still have my uh I still have my one black magic. I sold one because they're so fucking I sold black. mine to Laurel because she was doing content. Yeah, I mean they're it's still black magics are still like one of the best things you can record melee with. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have any um lag. So like yeah. when you're making melee content, especially for streaming, because it's tournaments, right? This is like highly competitive content um that's being streamed live you can't introduce any lag or like weirdness to the setup for a long time i was like trying to pioneer like the hd setup with a bunch of other um like melee community members uh like there was a lot of back and forth with that because like this was a point where like crts we were starting to like worry about crts being available in the future so we started like playing around with like different capture cards, different like HD converters, even this to try to find things that had like no noticeable lag. Um, and the black magic for this kind of stuff was king because the black magic, coincidentally, I don't even think it had anything to do with the actual product. I think it was like a very coincidental like engineering thing where like something in the capture card was just like good enough to not introduce any latency when it would, um, Rip off like a 480p. Yeah, it had like the best like like hard encoder that you could get. Uh, so like again, Hunter said it like to this day, the Black Magic like shuffle or whatever is like one of the best things to record melee because it doesn't introduce any lag. Yeah, the only other difference I would have made with my setup is there is like some. I could never get it, find it for like a decent enough price. There was some type of thing I was looking for for like some kind of converter that because the only problem with a black magic is um, the specis. It's if you like if your USB like bus power ever like like gets a little finicky. Oh God. Or like you're I remember it. these. This is this is some nom flashbacks, Hunter. You're giving me. Yeah. You're giving I'm me getting, some. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. terrible non flashbacks because you like I you because you know for any kind of streaming setup you have a lot of shit plugged in and you know that's using a lot of bus speed and everything and you're just uh just got a little too much shit moving at one time and there's a flicker and you're like whoa and it's like like not only that but like unironically power. Like, yeah. I remember having to buy, like, power, externally powered USB hubs yeah. to, like, run these setups. And then you get into these crazy problems. Like, people who are in audio or, like, audio video production probably know what this is. But have you ever heard of a ground loop? I fucking hate ground loops. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a ground loop is, like, a thing that can cause an audio buzz in the background of your content and it's infuriating because you have to go through you have to buy you know those cheater plugs that you can buy like hardware stores where you turn three prong things into two prong things yeah you you have to plug everything in your setup into like ungrounded plugs to get rid of these ground loop like feedback problems and then your entire setup is ungrounded like, yeah. I remember literally ripping ground plugs, like, with pliers out of, um, like, three-prong things. Like, I would literally take pliers when I was at a tournament, and I needed to plug something in, and I would rip the ground plug out of an extension cable with a pair of, cl- like, 
with a pair of pliers just to get rid of ground loops at tournaments. Something like, I fucking I despise are the Behringer USB mixers. They are the worst audio mixer devices because they are the most susceptible to like audio buzzes of like any yeah, audio mixer I've ever worst. fucking worked with. I use a Focus right now, uh, and then because it's a Behringer sucks because it uses a USB cable into the computer and then it has an external power source which causes a loop most of the time. Like it causes some weird kind of loop. Shout out to Goggles. Goggles gave me a soundboard. I don't know what it is. I don't even know. I definitely still have it. I don't think I got rid of it. Unless I gave it to you. I can't remember. No. Whatever you're the only person. Yeah. Whatever you were using, I think it was a Behringer, but it wasn't a USB one. It was not USB. It was an audio only. Like it was just XLR in out. It was audio only because the laptop that I had, I had like a Sager Clevo, like you know, like, quote-unquote gaming laptop or whatever, and it did have, like, for audio for all of the scam that they are, they do have, like, good audio in-and-out support. Yeah. So. What's this Focusrite thing is nice because I just have, uh, uses USB-C for power and, like, data transfer, and it just plugs into my computer. And that does, like, phantom power and everything as well. Um, yeah. Like, what was nice about the, uh, the way I got around the Behringer at least a little bit was the fact that I had those Audio Technica like broadcasting headsets. Oh yeah, I had those too. Yeah, okay. Those things are fucking just amazing. And when it comes to microphones and everything, it's like for some reason I compared to like everything else, like I could just get around even like audio hum issues with using those with like modifying shit. I don't even know. It was a very weird, but I definitely, it got to a point with the Behringer. Like I even bought, I have this like very, uh, well-built like power strip thing. That's supposed to be, it's supposed to completely nullify ground loops. And I think I've plugged my Behringer in it and it still has some kind of hum. And I'm like done with this thing. Done. Again, I I can't stress this enough. Nom flashbacks, dude. Like, yeah. To literally like I'm like crawling under tables with a pair of pliers and like I can't stress this enough unplugging extension cords ripping the ground plug so the third plug yeah off of the like thing plugging it back in and then like getting up from under the table to check the like to check the buzz and if it's still there and then like going to find another cable like absolutely insane shit like I, I do not miss that part of streaming, um, at all. Yeah, that the stress of streaming, like just something going wrong. Because I remember, like the the worst thing was the the flashing of my like uh, black magic. The first time it did that was at a fight. Pit. Like, yeah, like when it happens at big tournaments and like something terrible happens and like it's not just oh, a technical error that's like someone's like set you know yeah and then like and it, the people you don't want people like playing on stream to think that that's like a a liability right yeah uh and it, i like i remember it was a bait too he was playing like <laughs> i'm just like like i don't, oh god what well, we i feel so let's get off the stream monkey talk because we've been 
we've been hammering that. But like it, we could go on for days about that because it's just there's just yeah. so much when it comes to like we both did that for so long and streaming. I mean, yeah, I feel like I would have kept doing it to some extent if COVID didn't happen. Um, just I think because, it's a like, blessing, Hunter. I, I well, I'm yeah. gonna be honest. I've uh, I've wrote about this a bit. I think that like getting out of streaming was um one of the best things that ever happened to me, I think. I think that I put so much time and stuff in it. I really missed the forest for the trees for a lot of things. Um cuz it's a lot of work, it's a lot of effort, it's a lot of non-stop go 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 yeah. because like you're moving and I remember like my like sort of last thing and we mentioned this before was like I made that pedal board where like I got so sick of trying to set up and tear down stuff for like the weekly that I literally pre-wired all my connections and like velcroed everything to a piece of particle board. And I would bring these two particle boarded things. And even that made it hard because it turns out it's like, I like I wrote like custom software for these overlays and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, like no one can really help you with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then you have to choose like between playing the game and making content. And like, I just can't like, uh, I can't like ever make that choice or whatever. And like, again, shout out to everyone who's ever tried to help me and all the, all the people that are like now running mole and stuff like that. Like I know, um, like Violet, like new, new TOs and stuff in Pittsburgh, like shout out to all of you. Like you guys do amazing work. Please, please continue that. Continue the thing we built into infinity, take ownership of, of it. Um, mole is absolutely insane. I can't believe it's as successful as it is. I'm, I'm always gonna, so proud to see that. I'm going to try to go to a mole at some point soon. It's just, I, I was hoping they, like, it's just so hard for, I was talking to Gumball because I was like, hey, when is there going to be like a bigger thing, like a weekend thing? Because like, I can't really go to a mole. He's like, it's hard as hell to like get Pit to, or to like CMU or do anything, anything yeah. to do anything bigger. I was like, yeah, that makes that makes sense but um so tell me like what kind of content do you make for weiss exactly okay so yeah i guess we'll bring it back to this we've gushed enough about streaming and stuff so content that i do now so for white shorts i make um mainly meta focused uh competitive focused content um, I do know that there are people out there that are more casual that have told me that they get a lot out of our videos, but that's never, like, my aim. We there, There's a lot of the other White Schwartz content creators, so we kind of just try to stay in our lane and do what uh, we're known for, which right now is, like, set reviews and uh, deck profiles are, like, our big things. Um, we pump those out very consistently. Uh, we go up every Friday with new videos uh, on the channel. channel is just PGH underscore White Schwartz. Um, all quote like quote unquote one word pgh underscore white shorts one word, um, out on YouTube. Our set reviews are all long form podcast style content. They're over an hour long usually each, and like Weiss has four colors, like similar to Magic colors. Like so, we do the set reviews like by color. So if a set's three color, there's three like one hour plus long videos. There's four. There's four. There's four one hour plus long videos. They get really long because uh, we really dig into like each card. Because a lot of the things with Weiss is like it's a game that moves really quickly. I always talk about um if you've ever played Hearthstone or digital card games, you know how the meta is figured out 
like that, like super quickly, um, because the game moves really quickly and a lot of people are playing it. Weiss moves really quickly on new content releases because content being like new cards, new sets that come out. Because the set has like uh, like very like defined shells that you want to play, like think like Yu-Gi-Oh archetypes, right? It's like you're not yeah. playing like Dragon Maids mixed with something else very frequently, right? Like it's your, you're playing Sky Strikers, you're playing Dragon Maids, you're playing stuff like that, you know. Um, so Weiss is very similar because like you're you're also contained to one set, so like things yeah. are figured out like really fast. So a lot of the time, the only times that those cards are going to get talked about, the cards that aren't like that, if people like to be like brewers or want to do something spicy or something like that. The only time they're going to get talked about is in a set review like that. So we like really dig into every card. Um, and we're, we're inspired by some other like stuff like that, which I can talk about later. But it, it's mostly meta competitive focus content is like that's really our lane. And we do try to stay in it and just make more of that kind of content. Um, and we have a lot of people we collaborate with and have on as guests and things like that. Um, try to keep it fresh, like along with our core cast. We just did the thing that we always do in Spitzburgers. We just slap our city on something and call it our branding. Um, hey, it's I pretty mean, effective. It works. It works. Pittsburgh you way. Know. You slap uh, black and gold on something and you put Pittsburgh in front of it. And now that's your branding. Uh, it's simple and effective. We've been doing it for years. So so all, so all the people you work with for your content, for the like at least your main content are... Uh, located in pittsburgh yeah so i work with um i a main the main two guys that are on pretty much everything with me are uh my boys andy and brian um they're on pretty much everything with me uh that we can and then we loop in other people from our local scene when they're like passionate about something something that they care about something that they want to talk about um and then we bring them on uh, which is really fun. Whereas, like, um, like our boy Tanner, who is newer to the scene, he started playing because Hololive, like VTubers, I'm sure you're aware of VTubers. Um, Hololive got a set, and he started playing Weiss about six months ago because of, uh, like the Hololive set. So when it came time to review the Hololive set, since it got announced for English, we only really set review stuff that comes to the English side of the game. Right. Um, because other channels do JP again, staying in our lane here. Uh, we brought him on to uh, sort of set review it with us and stuff like that, since he's like done a lot of research and things like that, uh, which is always fun. Sometimes we bring on people who are lore masters, like we brought on our boy Paul Clinton for Batman Ninja, because he's the <laughs> only person on earth that's watched that terrible movie. Oh, uh, so. so he actually knows things about Batman Ninja. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd be like, oh, t tell me why this card is named Catwoman Battle on the Big Boat. And he'll be like, oh, it's because there was a battle on the boat. And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> sure. <That> makes sense, <laughs> like, yeah. So like that. Um, and then we also loop in other content creators from like um, other channels and stuff like that when we can. Mm -hmm. Like we have a bunch of rotating guests, people that we like having on uh, that make good content. Because, you know, they're podcasts. It's like there's a... There's right. a vibe. There's like people who you like are, have a good vibe of making content with, where things are like entertaining, things flow very well. So we have people back on and things like that, uh, which is always really fun. But again, I got I got to stress it's it's competitive focused content first, um, competitive like deck building, like theory crafting content. I, um, I was, yeah, go ahead. You're, you're uh, you've been playing competitively for what about two and a half years now. 
Two and a half, three years, yeah. I haven't played Weiss for very long. Weiss Schwartz has been out for about... A... Is it a decade? I don't Holy know. It's been shit. out in Japan for longer. It's been out in Japan for longer. The first sets, I think, around 2013, 2014. Um, why? I'm actually going to Google it. Like, Weiss Schwartz, English, first set. I believe it was like Madoka and Disgaea were the first sets that came over, and I believe those are like somewhere between 2012 and 2014 around there. But the games existed for longer. Oh my God. Um, it's, it's older than anyone thinks. Um, but it's, it's around like eight for I don't know if that's Japan. That's probably Japanese, yeah. I think the the first English sets were somewhere between like 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, yeah, but so I started playing in 2018. Um, and I found the scene, um, you know, you know, the Smash stuff uh, by someone I knew through the Smash community. Attended tournaments, uh, them and their brother. And I uh, went to my first tournament and I knew through them. And after, you know, like going to one and be like, oh, I don't have anything to do the next week. I'll go to the next tournament. I'll go to this. I'll go to that. You, just, you start it's falling just... in love with the game. And then it's all, it's all downhill from there. It's all... Yeah. Then you anyone end up falls into outside anything. of my house. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> for those of you that don't know, Hunter used to run an um, esports team called Critical Hit Esports, of which I was a member. <laughs> For Weiss Schwartz, it was just kind of a joke, right? It was kind of like yeah. a it joke a, thing. It, he sponsored you, melee players. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I'll give a little quick blurb. Like, I had a, a small esports team, very basic. Like, I offered what I could to players to assist them in some way, and only local, like Pittsburgh players for the most part. Uh, there was a few exceptions to people who were slightly outside of that area. And, you know, and then Carmen just asked me, he's like, hey, uh, sp- sponsor me for Weiss Schwartz. Because I think you had won, like, a pretty good size, like, uh, like regional or something at the time. I, I placed for, um, what is it? So, so th- there's two formats for Weiss Schwartz. Well, I say formats. They're not really formats. There's um, the English side of the game, and there's the Japanese side of the game. The Japanese side of the game, which is untranslated Japanese cards, uh, are the only things that are legal. And then the English side of the game, there are cards in English. Uh, they're sets that are brought over. Since Weiss Schwartz has a bunch of licensing stuff, um, there's obviously a lot more sets in Japanese. There are three to four times as many sets in Japanese as there exist in English. It's insane. Uh, Japanese gets somewhere between two to three sets a month, and English gets one, uh, if they're lucky, per month. So uh, the game moves at like light speed in the Japanese side. And for the Japanese side of the game, I qualified for nationals at a uh, tournament in Ohio, a uh, regional tournament in Ohio. Um, so after that, I was like, Hunter, I qualified for this thing. You sponsor me for Weiss, like as a joke. Like, just let me say I'm CH, like critical hit Bean Wolf at yeah. tournaments. It'll be funny. And then you realized uh, that you would have to drive like right through my town to get there. So you stayed at my house before it. Yeah. Uh, so for nationals, it's in uh, Rochester, New York. So I had to drive out that way and Hunter's on the way. So I was like, Hunter, this is like really early in the morning. And like, I don't want to drive all the way there because it's like a four or five hour drive really early in the morning. So can I crash at your place and then like drive out there? And then, like, and depending I, on what happens, I'll either drive back or whatever afterwards. And I gave you the crit flag. You did give me the crit flag, yeah. 
which um was funny. Yeah. But yeah, I I did end up like winning nationals, which is like the joke there. I did win nationals. JP GP format NA champion. Yeah, it was uh, great. It was, it was so really great. funny. <laughs> it was so funny because uh he won. I was already asleep because he the it ran over, right? Started at eight AM. I can't stress this enough. Nats is like the the worst one of the worst tournament experience I've ever had in any game. Like you're in Hammer Girl anime, which you know, God, God bless Luke and everybody who works there and runs the store and everything. But like, Jesus Christ, there are like a hundred plus people in the store. It's like it's like a shoebox, and you're just jammed in there. And it's it's smelly, it's gross, it's takes forever. You're there from eight a.m. to I think eleven p.m. is when it ended. It took forever, it was all day, and like there was no time to like go and get food or something like that. I went to like a supermarket across the street. And had like a backpack full of cliff bars. And that was like my my like sustenance for the day. It was like cliff bars and energy drinks. I just dumped a bunch in my cart beforehand and just went over there. Um but I did end up winning that event, which is really funny. I got a uh got a free flight to Japan, which is the only prize that you can win in white shorts, is a free trip to Japan. And but either they know format. That they w- they're like, hey, they'll if they're playing Weiss, they'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, a free flight to Japan, it's like, a, you know, it's a somewhere between a $600 and $800 value. So, not yeah. looking to gift horse in the mount or anything. And that was an amazing trip. Flew out to Japan after that. Um, had an amazing time. Met a lot of amazing people. Competed in Worlds. Did not win Worlds. Uh, it's, you know, I, I ride or died the deck that I played, which was not a good meta pick at the time, as for as much as I love Summer pockets. It was not a, uh, it was not an ideal pick. It was not an ideal pick uh, for the meta at the time. I should have borrowed someone's eight bar fade or Psychono. Um, fade being face tonight. I should. I should have. It was literally offered to me multiple times, but I, I stubbornly said no and played summer pockets anyway, and it, it did not go well. It was a bad, really bad pick. The deck was already rogue to begin with. Sometimes so. the heart of the cards that you lose, but you know you stuck with it. I can see the Umbreon box that you you grabbed for me from my desk. Oh yeah, that's right from the Pokemon Center. Yeah, yeah. But I and, so like going back anyway, I got to put yeah. on blast for this. <laughs> no, one. no, 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 so no, no, after, no. I'm telling after, this. I'm yeah, telling okay, this. Okay, sure, sure. Go ahead, go ahead, Hunter. So, okay, so after I won Nats, what happened? So so Carmen wins Nats, but he wins Nats. I am asleep. He has already told me earlier in the day, like. Yeah, I'm just driving straight home. Don't worry about it. Like, no because problem. Because I think I'm going to scrub out. I think I'm going to scrub out. Like, there's no way that I and, can win this tournament. And I'm a Zoomer, so I have no ringer on my phone. Uh, and I'm asleep before 11 p.m. And, you know, I don't. I, I will also say that is one of the first times ever my front door has been locked. <laughs> Yeah, and, it was uh it was real bad. And uh so Carmen driving home. I will tell your part cuz I remember it very well. Carmen wins at 11 p.m. starts driving through a terrible rainstorm. Well, to become a snowstorm. Uh, that's 
becoming a snowstorm, gets to my home, tries, he's trying to call me the whole way down, but I'm asleep and my ringer is off because I'm not expecting him to call because I, like, just was not in any way expecting, like, I was assuming he was driving home, uh, like. Which is partially my fault because I assumed that I would scrub out and lose because I had only, you have to understand, at this point, I had played Weishwartz maybe a year at most. Maybe yeah. a little under a year by that point. I, w- I had been, like, grinding it and stuff like that. But, like, I think that was my third tournament ever. Like, my third bigger than a locals tournament ever that I'd ever gone to was Nationals. So, like, it, it, I, I was not expecting that. So I told Hunter multiple times, like, you know, I'm probably going to lose. I'll drive back. It won't be that big of a deal. Like, as long as I can leave here by 9 or whatever. Like, and- I get home by 1 a.m. It's okay. Like... And if uh, and if you were to take the more direct route, you would have completely bypassed Bradford because you were it would have taken you to like Buffalo and shit. Yeah, so exactly. I was like, I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Like, I don't need to like turn on my ringer. <laughs> I feel so bad that you like I could just picture you at my door. Well, and the other thing is like I'm on cloud nine. I have like ultra adrenaline. Like, there is no way like I could ever sleep like after that. Oh happening. yeah, I'm like. I'm like rolling, you have to understand, I'm like rolling down the highway, every window in my car down, because I still had my WRX at the time, flying down the road at like 100 (laughs) miles an hour, trying to outrun this, like, rainstorm becomes becomes a snowstorm. Like, it's not really raining, it's like, you know, it's about to start snowing or whatever, and I have all these windows down, I have the sunroof down, I'm like blasting a podcast, and I'm just like, yo, let's go, like screaming, driving down the highway, like 100 miles an hour. Um, just trying to get all the way home. I did get home without issue. Uh, and my phone broke. I had to go the next day and buy a new phone. <laughs> that was, uh, that was funny. But yeah, that's like, that's the critical esport hit esports. Uh, Carmen wins Nats and gets locked out of the Hunter's house. His, his most successful player ever, uh, locked out of his house after winning. Well, I, we'll see how Polish does, uh, at Oh yeah, Smash Polish Worlds. is a god. Yeah, yeah. Polish is a it, god. He's your most successful player now. That's for if, sure. If he does, as long as he doesn't get sponsored before that event, I can claim everything. Because no. well, yeah, now I'm not even sponsored by you anymore, Hunter. I'm, I'm on <laughs> burn one now. I'm on a real White Schwartz team. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I forgot you are like you. You do have like a legitimate sponsor. Yeah, I do have a. <laughs> I do have a real White sponsor. You uh, know, for, for as real as it is for a game like White, you know. Yeah. But. Uh, it we'll we'll just chalk up you know me locking you out of my house to you locking me out of your house at one time and Paul oh, that, having to come picking. That did happen, huh? <laughs> oh <laughs> man, I guess that is it. You know, eye for an eye. There you go. Yeah, eye for. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, what do you? What can you do? What can you do? You know, <laughs> uh. So this is like a, just a random topic, but I do remember I saw a tweet. I remember you mentioning something about this at one point, but like Bushi Road, like forcing events online or something, despite like a lot of other, yeah. like it. What's what's that all about? Oh, so Bushi Road has been running events since COVID uh, exclusively online. Let me tell you, online card games over webcam is like 
the worst thing ever. I I hate it. I loathe it. Like especially in a game like Weiss, if you've ever played Weiss before, you know how the game works. Uh, it's a lot of um, the RNG is a lot more in your face. I don't think it's any more debilitating to like your actual decision making and stuff than it is in other card games like Magic or Pokemon or whatever. But it's much more in your face because the way you take damage is by flipping cards off the top of your deck. And like if you see a specific type of card which you can only run eight of called climax cards in your deck within those top uh cards where you're taking damage uh that damage is canceled and it's sort of like a deck building game where you're trying to like thin out your deck as much as possible so that you don't take as much damage that's like the game um so when you play that online and people are shuffling a lot you know it, it just becomes like it starts to devolve like even when people aren't actually cheating it's just impossible to enforce because you can't shuffle your opponent's deck or other things. So it's really, um, it's really like tilting over the course of like a long online event where like you're shackled to your desk that you're playing these online events for like hours a day. And they're just like the worst feeling things ever. So now for the most part, I usually volunteer to like judge for these online tournaments other th rather than play because like personally, I, I load them, um, they're like just the the worst. They bring out the worst parts of the game for me that I just hate, which is like doubt and like just poor sportsmanship and things like that. Because you know it's it's a card game. Like in all card games, it's unbelievably easy to cheat, and the payoff is so high. So it's like that. That's why you have judges and like officiation and stuff like that. And those things kind of break down in an online environment. Um, so I just personally do not like online and it's been, it's been two years of this now in terms of events where they just don't have online events. So like, and, and these or they don't have in-person events and like other games like flesh and blood, which is a brand new game is having in-person events with thousands of people and like no problems with COVID because like people are vaccinated and stuff now. Like it's not yeah. an issue. Like you, Yu-Gi-Oh is starting to bring back in-person events, Pokemon bringing back in-person events as well. They're having pre-releases and stuff like that. Magic, like the SCGs and whatnot, like it, it's just really frustrating that we have no announcement of in-person events returning for either format, for either English or Japanese. So it's like it, it's very frustrating. It got to a point where there was a recent product and announcement stream from Bushiroad, and they didn't announce in-person tournaments, and instead they did nothing but talk about their like existing online tournament that's happening soon. And I was like, oh my god, it's like you guys are cowards. Like I can't. I can't deal with this anymore. Like these other companies are like, at least for NA running something. Cause like the thing with Bushiroad is they are a global company. And even for the English circuit, when you win again, the prize is a flight to Japan. So if the world's not open, there's no prize to give, but there is a circuit of events that they run called spring fest. That does not have a prize at all. You're only playing for the love of the game and bragging rights. Uh, Cause all white Schwartz official tournaments are free. They're all free by design. They're all free to enter everything there are no buy-ins there's no oh, menu wow. fees, nothing everything is free so uh. for their spring fest being free and there not being any prize i really hope that like something happens this year for spring fest which is between like you know march and uh you know may and june is when spring fest occurs which are trios they're teams you play on a team of three you can't bring the same anime on a team so it's always pretty fun and those don't have a prize so you don't have to worry about you know, countries other than the U.S. being open and being able to run events. Because in the U.S., you can run events. You can go to concerts. You can do all sorts yeah. of stuff. Like, even if you got to be masked 
if you're you got your vaccine you and everything, you can something. go. Yeah, that's what's yeah. Saying, so like, it's, it's just a lot of frustration because online events for this game are so miserable, in my opinion. And it's not just me; a lot of people find these online events really, really miserable. Um, we're just all kind of sick of it. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I kind of blew up on Twitter there a bit. I I mean I completely understand. Like it should be, you would think they would sort of, you know, do it country to country, sort of like a lot of uh, if you can, um, like like you said, we're doing concerts and everything. Uh, you can enforce, you know, vaccine rules, masks, everything. Like melee events are happening, smash events are happening. Like. Uh, and I, I went, I've gone to two concerts in the past few weeks, no issues, uh, like very good process of getting in, you know, people wearing masks and everything like I've had and like, and like no COVID scares or anything from it. And I don't know. I like, there's just this weird, like. I I don't see the reason why people are so hesitant. I I understand why people are hesitant because you know there's they could be scared of they're scared of COVID still and everything. But it's like you can't let that completely derail everything because um you know if you're vaccinated and you're going and doing things with other vaccinated people like your your safety like you're safe like allow people to go out and do. I guess that's how I would put it. Yeah, it, it's just, it's just frustrating that nothing was announced. So we just I, uh, we just kind of blew over up. webcams. Like at least... we do that for fun and like yeah. playing people outside our scenes. Like I'll, I'll like hop online or something like after work and be like, "Yo, anybody want to grab a game or two? And Flip on the webcam, point it at my playmat, and we'll play a couple games with people that I know and that I trust, which is the problem. Yeah, when exactly. you're playing in a tournament, it's open entry. You have people you don't know, people you don't have any sort of rapport with, people you expect to be trustworthy and honest. But again, I can't stress this enough. Anyone who plays card games knows it's unbelievably easy to cheat to the point where you need to know how people cheat so that you can guard yourself against people trying to do it like shuffle tricks uh cutting tricks things like that oh yeah and it's you like... need to be super aware of that stuff if you play card games competitively to be able to combat it and mm -hmm. online you can't do anything and they've tried so many little things like put your cards in three piles and number them one two three or stuff like that and then like that's really unenforceable either because like webcams can be mirrored and this that and the other thing what if oh, they just yeah. misinterpret it and then you have like ruling and judging issues and stuff like that it's just it's just a whole mess like that i i personally am not willing to deal with anymore which is why i just judge your help run the events now um since online events are also a pain in the ass to run and officiate uh so i help i help out with that now instead of playing um just because like they personally like i i am not a fan Weiss, like, especially, is, like, the game where, like, shuffle tricks and everything, like, because of how much shuffling and everything you're going to be doing, like, can get you an advantage and everything. Yeah, um, if you thought Yu-Gi-Oh! was in its deck a lot, uh, Weiss yeah, has, oh like, God, three yeah. different zones, and you're in them just as much as you're in your deck in Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Uh, so, it's, it's a lot of the game actions going on. Well, and if you're going to, like, 
the when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh, if you play Yu-Gi-Oh online, I mean, if you're gonna play Yu-Gi-Oh like through a computer, there's more than enough online versions of Yu-Gi-Oh to play it online, like digitally, instead of playing it uh, with actual cards. Or yeah, twice. like it, there's like, nothing every, like that. Yeah. Yeah, every other major card game has a digital version where Weiss doesn't. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it, it's just a whole mess. Yeah, it just it does just sound like a mess. It and I, I I'm just hoping that gets better for that because it's like I don't know I like I've met a few of the like Weiss players from Pittsburgh and everything, and they do just sound like they like. I mean, they really like the game, and it's a fun game, and it's a, it's kind of a, it's interesting because it is kind of a, a amalgamation of, you know, people like anime, people like card games, and like there's, you know, there's a lot of people who like both of those things, and Weiss is kind of that, just perfect mesh for them. Oh god, yeah, it's and, um, it's the best part and the worst part about the game that there's anime on the cards. Yeah, yeah, it's the best and the worst part at the same time. And that can really bring out just the best and the worst people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody who's been to a convention knows there are uh, <laughs> there are there are some people with some opinions that, um, as a more competitive player, it becomes uh, becomes really hard to like reconcile or understand where people are coming from sometimes. Which is again like with with our content, we really do stay in our lane because it's like I know at this point I'm so far removed. Like me as a person, like my enjoyment of anything that I do as a hobby is like about developing a skill and like getting better at that skill for the most part. I think like the only thing that I do nowadays that's not like expressly enjoyed through that is like Dungeons and Dragons. Like that's like the only thing that I do with my time that's like a purely enjoyment, like no no drive to quote unquote get good, get better kind of thing is that. Everything else is like if I'm playing Weiss, I'm trying to get better, I'm trying to figure something out, I'm trying to like perfect the deck list, I'm trying to like tune a strategy, like I'm always trying to get better at something because it's just like who I am. So it's yeah, like it's that's... really hard to reconcile with like people who just um they're just like oh i i I just want to play like this or whatever and i go like oh like that doesn't doesn't losing suck but i mean like it's twice like you can always want to lose the card game it's like the the thing people don't understand about card games right is you got to have like a real strong mental it's not even a game like magic where the variance is um made a lot lower by the mechanics of the game where like in a best of three in Magic, the better player will win a de- like a good amount of the time, but like Weiss is best of one for people who don't know about Weiss. Like even Yu Gi Oh is so Weiss is best of one, and the game, like with RNG being in your face more often, you have to be ready. Weiss is a lot more similar to poker than anybody wants to admit. Like you can make the right decision statistically every single time, and you can still get like sacked on the river, right? Like you can still yeah. lose hands on the flop. Just throw the deck at the wall and just suddenly something happens. Yeah, like... so, so you got to have a really strong mental to be like, oh yeah, I made the right decision 100%, but like I lost to X percent. And you go like, okay, move to the next one, move to the next turn. Like it's fine. Like these things happen. 
Like, and, you know, your win rate at the end of the day, it's more like, you know, an online ladder with like, you know, if your win rate is 51%, you're doing something right. So like in, in whites, if your win rate is over like 60% or something like that, you're a god. It's like, it's because the game can, anyone can win the game at any time. Like I always sit down and I say, I lose to anybody. I lose right now. I'm the best at losing. Like, you know, <laughs> it just happens. You just gotta, you take it in stride and you just keep going. It's not a game where you like win every game, even though you're making the right decisions, which is true of any card game. Oh um, yeah, there's variants. Weiss, if you try to take it, like when you start taking it more seriously, I think that the people that um, are expecting it to even be like Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh, where there's like enough mechanics and in the best of three that the best player does win more often than not, where when they come to Weiss, I think the game can like chew up and spit out a lot of people and make people really, really salty. If they're like not oh. coming in with a good mindset, I think the game tests mental harder than almost any other game I've played. Weiss is the weirdest, one of the weirdest card games I have ever played, and I have played. I played both. Well, I played Yu-Gi-Oh competitively, like extensively, and I played Naruto card game competitively for a bit of time. I played Pokemon online competitively for a little bit. Um, didn't really play too much Magic. I played a lot of Hearthstone. Yeah, same. Uh, that was my first yeah. exposure to card games with Hearthstone. Playing in Tespa, I played Hearthstone competitively in college alongside Melee. Yeah, I, I didn't know you played Tespa. Yeah, I played in Tespa with uh, Rob and... Um, oh, nice. Andrew, yeah. Yeah, th those were fun. We would always um, bring one of those big PBR 24 ounce like nine Jesus. packs or whatever to the Tespa thing, so we just crack beers and play. That was really fun. Hey, the, that's, um, I was about to say, yeah, that's that like was like time. Conquest. If you played Hearthstone, you know about the tournament format. It was Conquest. Yeah. Um, and then you could have three pilots, so it's Conquest three people. So you have three people like making sure that you aren't misplaying, right? Um, and we played during the best meta. Shout out to the patron meta. Patron meta was the best Hearthstone's ever been. Um, the most skill testing format the Hearthstone's ever had, I think. Um, and uh, that that was when we were playing at our height, and that was that was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot about actually, like an RNG heavy game, like Hearthstone, right? Because even then, this is pre-discover, right? This is like pre oh, yeah. like absolute devolvement of like Hearthstone as a game, where now it's just like a fucking sack fest. Where I think just, I like, played. I don't even think I played during Discover. I think I got out before that. Yeah, this was like right before like Discover became like a massive mechanic um in the game when we were taking it as seriously as possible. And like before then, even then, the game does have a lot of RNG and it's about like hedging your bets and like just making the right decision and being okay like with the result. Right, where it's just like, okay, like the results is like sometimes you, you take the eighty percent that you calculated, sometimes you you take the twenty percent, right? Like you take the twenty percent loss and you move on. And I think playing a game like that with a lot more in your face RNG really helped me come into Weiss with like a much better mental. Cause like even in like melee and stuff like that, it's like mental's like really important. I think that like melee oh, yeah. like melee competitively I am like a failure of a player. Um, regardless of like, it's just weird if people hear to say that. It's like, I am a failure of a competitor in Melee because I literally did quit the game over wobbling, like 100%. I quit the game because I could not deal with wobbling, which was legal at the time. 
because I've main Sheik and I played Sheik for six years and like developing this character for myself and my playstyle and how I play the game and how I'm gonna play all these matchups. And then I run into like a matchup that is like almost theoretically unwinnable, even without wobbling, and then you add wobbling in there where when I fuck up even once I lose a stock. And like I went through like various degrees of like inhaling copium on the matchup, like I tried to play Falcon, I tried to pick up other characters, I tried to do the easy way out and play Peach, and, like, I literally just couldn't do it, and I, I, I unironically, like, completely gave up. And, like, I think going through that, like, and then coming into another game, I was like, I'm not gonna let this fucking happen again. And I, like, came in with, like, such a strong mental, and, like, to, to, this, to this day, I still think I have, like, a pretty strong mental with Weiss, where, like, even things that I hate, like, I'll complain, people who know me, I'll complain... Like, at yeah. the top of my lungs till the cows come home. Big, I will bitch complainer. and moan forever, but I will never let it, like, affect my actual, like, performance and, like, game anymore. Like, I will, like, I used to bitch in Melee, and I would directly, it would directly influence my performance. But I'll, like, complain. I'll be like, this card is dumb. Like, this is broken or whatever. And then I'll immediately sleeve up that card I just called broken and dumb and, like, try to win a tournament with it because I know it's the best yeah. option, right? Because, like, <laughs> yeah, like, w wobbling's dumb and lame, right? But, like, it is effective, right? So if it really is that broken, you should use it. Like, that's I... the right mentality you should have. Because the game doesn't, like, have a concept of lame or, like, dishonorable, right? The game only knows, like, win-loss. So, like, you should do the thing that increases your chances of winning, like, 100% of the time yeah. every time. Like, and I, I think that sort of going through that experience and shedding it in another game, especially a game where it's more accepted, right? Like, yeah. it's literally, in Melee, it is more accepted for you to just say, Jigs is lame, Wobbling is lame, I'm not going to deal with this, I'm just going to complain about it and call my opponent bad, and, like, yeah. all my homies will support Melee, me. Melee loves complainers. But, like, in a card game, well, it's funny, even in Weiss, Weiss is a game where people get away with complaining and stuff and yeah. calling people bad even when they lose or stuff like that. But, like, a card game, it is really more discreet. If something is really lame and broken and the best strategy, you should be playing that uh, until it gets oh, banned. Oh, yeah. I, yeah like, I'm, I remember... You should uh, be yaddle-locking your opponent every game until they ban Yadagarasu, right? Like, it's, exa I, it's like, a classic example. I mean, I remember... Uh... Back when I played Yu-Gi-Oh, I played fucking Black Wings, and I mean, I play like I had, and I had like it was people would give me shit for playing Black Wings, and because Black Wings was just like a very high meta, like high meta deck at the time, and you know, people were like, "Oh, it takes no skill," blah blah blah, and I'm like, you know, then why aren't you playing it? You know, yeah, why aren't well, you people it? love to do that in card games. People love to add a financial element to like choices. And I was like, 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 you're a competitor just as much as me. You have access to everything that I do. What you can yeah. you can be playing this like it's it it's not me. And like, it was it was very funny because I like even I wasn't even playing like a full Blackwing deck because because of that a little bit because I had only. Right before I like moved out of where I was living, like where my card shop was, where I was playing and everything, uh, there was a very like pivotal card to the deck, which was like Blackwing Armor Master, and it's like it was the most ex one of the most expensive cards for the deck and everything. Uh, I did not have one almost until I was like done playing Yu-Gi-Oh in that time period, 
and I was still doing extremely well, and I had like a pretty like scuffed Blackwing deck because I kind of had to build one around what cards I had, and people would still give me shit, and I'm just like, and, and like people I love complaining about people playing meta and stuff yeah. like quote unquote meta in card games where like there's this like idea of like net decking is like bad and like whatever and like the only people that say that and the only people that think that are like your o2 salt gang like you know like your 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 ox drop salt gang are the only people that are saying that net decking is like a very important thing for people to have because if you think about net decking right if you have a if you have a small community of good players right and they are, let's say, in a Discord chat or whatever. We'll just, we'll just, we'll, we'll make it just like this, right? They're in a Discord call, like me and you, right here. And they are talking about cards, and they're talking about a deck, and they're brewing a deck together, right? They're brewing a deck together, and then they go, "Okay, this is the best version of that deck. We're all gonna go play this deck, and it's the deck that we've built in this Discord server ourselves." And they go win that, take that deck, and they win a bunch of tournaments with that deck. Those, like, let's say three to four people. Net decking is basically that, but on a global scale. And it's what moves the meta forward in a meaningful way for people who don't have that, like, immediate, like, you know, focused player, like, support structure to be able to see what's good. And if you see these decks that are considered good, these quote-unquote net decks, these meta quote-unquote net decks, and you see these cards in this deck, you have to be able to take that list and be like okay why why are those cards why are these cards in this deck why is this card considered good and even if you're a new player even if you don't know anything you start taking these decks you start sleeving them up and you, and even without even if you don't put any thought into it at all and you're thinking about it and you're playing them it should start to become apparent why cards that of like similar types are making their way into x deck y deck c deck right and like that that's why net decking is really important and the, and the people that don't think that they're they're literally just salty the people that hate net decks are literally just salt mines. Like, oh, yeah. There is building your own deck or whatever and, like, being original and, like, sure. But, like, the people that are doing that and are, like, seeing success with it are the same good players. And they've just, like, they've, they, it's literally just a quote-unquote meta deck that hasn't been found out yet. And it was yeah. made in some Discord somewhere by a bunch of other peoples in the same way that I just described. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just people mad because bad. Like, I, I don't know. I like it. You'll you find those people in every community. They like they're just like because they're stuck in whatever it is. Because I mean, I've never been like in any sort of thing. I've never been like super amazing, like top, 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 whatever. Like, I mean, the best thing I've ever like top tier I've ever been in was like a speed running a certain game and now i'm like not even that good at that like stick of truth people yeah stick of truth. truth word world record yeah i'm not even close to it right now but uh but like i i just remember like in both melee and in like uh and Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like you play you like you you play this high you play like a meta character or meta deck you do well people say things but then, like, yeah, I remember... People love to try to undermine your your achievements in any way possible. It's like, you might say some... Like, I've definitely been a person to say shit like that at times. But I never... I feel like I've never said it to such an extent, like, that it's like, 
I've never used it to discount someone to like an extreme extent. And I've never... let me tell you something. As someone who got good at something really fast, like faster than other people even in their local area at something that they'd been doing much longer than than me. Uh let me tell you, I have received my fair bit of ire and salt. Um <laughs> and I have I am I am extremely used to it at this point. I just I have a duck's back for this kind of stuff. And and you really do have to. I, I wrote about this. I have like a small blog where I wrote about like competitive theory and like ramblings about weiss and crap like that. And I do think a lot of it is like people aren't willing to put in the actual like time and effort and work to like get as Understand. good as they get as good as they want to talk like they are, right? They want to oh, talk yeah. big, but like, and they want to say that they're doing all this stuff, but they're not actually putting in as much effort as uh, they ta- they're touting that they are. Because you really do got to give a lot of stuff up, right? Like when I when I started getting into Weiss, right? I literally I I, I hadn't picked up a controller in months, dude. I still yeah. only play Weiss with a, or, or not Weiss. I only play melee with like yeah. on the couch with beers with friends, and like I dropped everything else. Like I don't play single player video games anymore. Like, yeah. cause like, you know, I, I mean, already, Melee already ruined me for video games. We, we've talked about this before. Yeah. You, you play Melee and other video games become like straight up on fun, which is like an unfortunate side effect of playing the best game ever. It, uh, it depends, but I, yeah, I completely understand that sort of philosophy of like, when you want to, when you want to pursue something and do it well, you do really have to drop a lot of other things. Like. I've really wanted to get into just general content creation on YouTube, and I really have had to drop a lot of other sort of things. And like, I haven't been able, I used to be like, or I, my main focus for a long time was straight up just working out physical fitness stuff, like working out seven days, six, seven days a week, hour and a half, two hours a day. And now you're ripped. Look at it. Look not, at you. I, I'm, I'm not right now. I'm not right now. Oh my now. god. Sure, I, sure. Whatever, Hunter. You look I, great. I pro- <laughs> yeah, I probably look fine, but like I like haven't been able to work out consistently in months because I'm putting time into like research for this video that like this longer form video that I'm doing. Like I'm uh, Yeah, you you gotta give stuff up. I think people aren't willing to they aren't like really to willing to make those concessions. Yeah, they, you they, have to cut they, yeah, they have to come to grips to it, yeah. Yeah, if you don't come to grips with it, as well, it's like, it's more than just like, um, it's even, you have to come to grips with it also because if you don't and you're just like in this in-between state, like, the result isn't going to be what you want. Uh, exactly, gonna, yeah. You're never going to, because that's, that's, that's kind of how I feel like I was with Melee for the longest time. I feel like I, I was like one step away from committing like enough to it where I would have gotten like pretty good. Like yeah. I, I, I feel like I was that one step I've away. There, yeah. yeah. It was just like, I felt like I was already at that commitment stage, but I wasn't because I was still doing so many other things. I wasn't actually taking the time, but like, with... I like I was in school cause I felt like I was there at one point too. And like I was in school, but I don't count that. You can you can be in school, you can have oh, your yeah. career, you can maintain your relationships. That those are things you never give up. Like when we talk about giving up stuff, 
We're talking about other leisure activities. We're not talking about like your relationships, your health, your your career, your schooling. You never let that stuff go. That stuff always comes first. But like talking about other stuff here, like I at one point, if I wanted to be like power ranked in Pittsburgh and like throw everything I had at Melee, I would have had to stop streaming. I would have had to stop making content for Melee. And that was not something I would have to stop help running tournaments too. And that's not going to happen. I'm in like way too deep for that. And too many, like this community is counting on me for this. What's now like an essential service basically. Right. Like we've created this community where people can expect there to be a 60 person tournament on a Friday. Like, you know, somebody has got to run it. Somebody has got to stream it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and I would have like, had to stop doing that if I wanted to be good at melee. And like, thankfully for Weiss, I don't because of the differences and like the way the games are. I can actually throw myself at Weiss just at at Weiss. Like, I can be a player. I can be a content creator. I can be this. It's very different, right? Where it's like, definitely. if I'm if I'm making content about like competitive stuff, like competitive theory, that's directly helping me as a player because I'm. I'm going out and I'm talking about process. Well, and I'm also it's it's it is a part of my process, and it's like it's it's also challenging me, right? As I go through, if I have people on on like a long form podcast style discussion about cards, and I'm getting in an argument about a card, somebody like you know, like we both believe in our opinion, right? Like I'm constantly having my opinions challenged about cards, and I'm slowly like, um, you know, I'm like I'm getting better at card evaluation as I go, right? Like I'm starting to. Like it's bettering me as a competitor to also be making content in this way, where like you know, like we're all kind of challenging each other on cards and stuff like that. It that kind of leads into itself, and like obviously, like writing and stuff about competitive theory that you know, like you're reinforcing, um, you know, you're putting your thoughts on the page, things like that. Whereas with streaming, it's like a completely different thing from actually playing melee. Where being good at melee and playing melee, I have to like play every single day. I got to play friendlies, like multiple times a week i gotta grind this out i gotta have this tech like my tech's gotta be crispy like i gotta be on top of all my stuff and then streaming is like i gotta sit at my computer and split videos for four hours and then i gotta oh, you know like yeah. you know make these overlays for the next tournament and stuff like that it's like a completely different skill set oh yeah it's it's very much different and yeah like it makes me think about how for like content um way i've been doing content stuff it's like i've really had to reevaluate um because i had to take a bit of a break from how i was trying to do things because i took a bit of time off of work because i just hadn't taken any vacation time for a bit uh so i took like a month off and i used that and i was like you know i'm gonna stream like consistently for long periods uh and I'm going to make content while I do it and do all this stuff and like start my podcast and everything. And I did that and that was nice. And like I had consistency while I did during that month and like a little bit after it. And then as I came back into everything where like I had work uh, and school and everything, it was like I just could not keep up at that point because like having to, I've just realized. If I had just one or the other, like work or school, I feel like I could do it. But having both, it like just screws me. And yeah, yeah. Like I've also, like I wanted the like the fitness aspect. It's like 
my my view of my fitness is like i the commitment i want to do to it is more than what most people probably consider so and i just every time i try to get back into it it's like i should try to do it at a like a lesser pace like less days a week or something but like my brain just won't let me and i'm i'm slowly getting my myself into like a better schedule i think and uh i and when it comes to like content and stuff it's like i'm finally getting like more podcasts recorded uh i'm making progress on this longer video that i'm doing uh my youtube channel haven't posted it in a month it's doing better than it ever has for no good reason uh oh yeah it's that's, uh that's always good I, yeah i have what one video about uh someone about a youtuber called johnny harris uh and he he makes like documentary style videos and i actually did a podcast with luke talking about this a little bit because he makes these document documentary style videos and he like talks very matter-of-factly and like says very uh concrete things at times but he doesn't always uh any says certain things but he doesn't ever like use sources in his videos or like very minimally and he doesn't ever provide a source list and it was it's something that kind of irks me with like video essays at large and it's so i like made kind of a critique thing about it and boy howdy it's both my most liked video my most disliked and my most viewed video i love i love the dislike thing because that recently you know youtube by the time this goes up on youtube and i don't know where everywhere you post this by the time this goes up on youtube or whatever youtube has uh removed oh yeah like public dislikes um I think it's really funny when people get together and like dislike bomb videos and stuff like that. I don't think people realize that dislike bombing videos drives engagement just as much as liking videos. Yeah, it's just counted um, as engagement. And if you, as the person who are liking or disliking or something, cared enough about that content to up or down that content to thumbs up or thumbs down that content that means that what was said like just drove you enough to engage with it so if you didn't like it there's definitely somewhere out there that does like it too so it's like you know it's like it's it's the classic thing with content creation right where it's like if if you have haters you're doing something right you know like that there is there is merit in that um i know that's something i've i've had to deal with a lot making content is like if there's a if there's a subset of people that really dislike you and your content, you're definitely doing something correctly, um, yeah. because you know there is a there's a much greater majority of people that do appreciate and enjoy your content as well, um, which which is always great to see. Um, the PJH White Press channel has been doing great. I remember when I first made the channel, my only real goal for it was to for us to be bigger than my personal channel, where the only video on it is the how to hack your Wii video. Oh my um, goodness. And when we finally eclipsed that, I was like, holy crap. Like, we fought, we've, we've done it. We finally got there. People do, people do find this content valuable and helpful. And I'm, uh, I'm always very, uh, 
very very appreciative of all our subscribers and supporters will never can never do it without you know like that kind of thing i'm always like incredibly surprised how well all our content is received um because we just we just do it for fun we do it because we love the game we're, we're, we're making content because we love weiss and we just want to talk about it like we're not we're not doing it for anything else like I don't know about your opinions on this. Like we, we talked a little bit about like it in the streaming part where I've never even thought about like monetizing content. Um, I'll never monetize PGH Weiss for it. It never will. Nothing like that. I won't take um, like any sort of like sponsorships or things like that on the channel. Cause the channel is supposed to be like honest, transparent um, and just us and our things. And I don't want to be limited in any way. And even like, you know, there were a couple content creators who got like, cards from Bushi Road to reveal for Ruby or stuff like that. Even if I got offered that, like if we got offered that as Pittsburgh White Schwartz, I would have to seriously take that back with like our core cast and like our whole community in general. And like and be like, do we want to take this? Because if we take this, that means that our ability to criticize Bushi Road or, you know, like be a like completely transparent would be limited, yeah. news source would be limited and stuff like that. Like we'd really have to think it over. Because I wouldn't wanna like completely say we would turn it down. I think my personal opinion would be I would turn it down. But I'm not the only person who is driving yeah. content on that channel, so it would have to be something that we sat down and discussed. But like in general, I am very anti-monetization for like content creation for your hobbies. But I know that's like not the common thought so, these days because of the Twitch boom, the like content boom. I like, am of harder. the opinion. Um, it's very weird because. I like, I very much am of the idea that you can monetize a hobby and still um, be, like, you can make money off of a hobby without completely, like, destroying the essence of it. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and it's because what it is, I've I've thought about this a lot because when it comes to um there's just so many different things i've thought about like different hobbies i've had that i've been like if i really put time into this you know it could be like a sort of career thing and the same with both either content creation or just like i've you know i've thought about you know running my own business all of these other sort of things and it's like uh would i be comfortable doing this like monetizing this whatever it is i mean when it i would never feel very comfortable taking like when i look at like a uh, like express vpn ad or something like that i don't think i would ever be very comfortable with things like that because of my like knowledge of things like vpn and everything because i don't think i would ever feel comfortable pushing a product that i know isn't like as safe as they i feel like they're marketing it uh like it you know, add some layer of security, but it's like a band-aid more than anything. Um, so, like, I think there's an amount of integrity when it comes to taking, uh, like, taking uh, sponsorships. In general, uh, I think the way that brand, that uh, content creators do well to uh, kind of stick to their guns are there's a lot of content creators that just follow like YouTube guidelines specifically. That way they do well with like algorithm plus like AdSense that so that they don't have to take sponsorships. 
Uh, and then they're just making money based on you know viewership and like retention and everything. Like that. Um, so it's and I just I feel like if I ever did well enough on YouTube or Twitch or something, or even just like if I ever did well enough in YouTube, I feel like I would make it more than enough on AdSense, where I would just like or I would do like a Patreon where it's like people are you know supporting me strictly for like a very strict purpose and i would create content for that strict purpose and only that sort of thing but i don't know i think you can do it in with good intentions and like fulfill on those good intentions i i i do think mm -hmm. it's hard it can be hard though because you know greed is a thing and all that stuff like and there's just so many so many people burn that bridge and it's so common to see. I think one of the biggest things I, the reasons I haven't thought about it at all is like the size of the hobby that I'm involved in. Like back, oh, yeah. back when I got into streaming melee and stuff, melee was so much smaller and it's less of like, cause now there are people that are, you know, like making a living streaming and talking and like content creating for melee, which is wild to me. That's so insane. Like I'm, I'm so happy for them. Cause like, that's like a total, totally insane thing, uh, to be like possible that you can, that you can do that. I um, remember the there was an yeah. event specifically. It was one of the Smash Valleys. I was the I was the like official second stream, and uh, it was oh gosh, it was like a fucking stacked tournament. And at one point, like I had over like a thousand or something ridiculous on like my channel specifically uh before the time of like uh uh what is the term why can't i think of it right now it's not partner obviously it's the other one affiliate affiliate yeah before affiliate or anything like and uh th there was just a lot of like i got like a shit ton of twitch followers that day and like all this other stuff and I remember, like, I got, like, emails and stuff from, like, different, like, esports teams and stuff. Like, small esports teams, obviously. But just a lot of stuff happened. And it was, like, it was, like, wow, this is, like, I know this was, like, one tournament. Like, and I knew it was, like, not going anywhere unless I, like, consistently was able to, like, book tournaments and, like, do things and everything. Which I knew with my schedule I wasn't going to be able to do it. But I was, like if I really ran with this, I could probably do something. Like, if yeah. I wanted to. Like, and, and like with Weiss, it's even more different, dude. It's like, if your video gets 500, 600 views, like, in the Weiss community, that's like, everyone saw it. Like, oh, you know, wow. quote-unquote, everyone saw it. Game, game is very small. Um, and that's just, and, and the, the amount of people that are in the, like, competitive-minded space that are consuming competitive-minded content is even smaller. So if we have a video, like, we have our bigger videos where we have had, um, what is it, like, um, tier lists or, like, meta wrap-ups, like, for season wrap-ups and stuff when, like, actual events were still occurring. Like, our most recent one has, like, 5,000 views or something like that. That's, like, insane. That's, oh, like, wow. the That's, like, the entire... Like and and you think about five thousand views, like you talk about that for a Smash related video now, it's like nothing, right? Yeah. Like 
but that for the white community is like that's the entire community the entire community watched your video like basically so it's like it's just never something i've thought about monetization um but it's like i don't know so that 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 probably makes me very biased in my opinions of monetization right i'm like i'm not specifically anti content monetization I've just never thought about it because it's never made sense. So when I think about content creation, it doesn't cross my mind. I mean, I think that's how I think that is where people should come from when it comes to content creation, though, because if you come from a place of I want to make money, it is a bad mindset. And I do say I have the bad mindset at times of like, you know, I have the mindset of I want to make good enough content where I have a. I want to have enough people watching my stuff. I want to make good enough content where there's enough people tuning in where I could potentially do this as a full-time job. Am I going to bank on that? Absolutely not. But I'm going to work towards that sort of goal because I know I can do it because I like I just know it's kind of my competitive mindset. I I basically apply that to content creation i'm like i know i can continue to improve and consistently get better so i'm gonna keep doing that until i'm like um making videos that are you know just pulling in viewers people are enjoying it i'm having discussions with like viewers and uh fans of my videos in a sense i like want to have a community where i can put out a video and just enjoy something that i have made i've made it for it's like i've made it for people to enjoy and it a byproduct is compensation not a it's not why why i've done it it's a byproduct yeah yeah i can see that it's like a much better mindset to have it's almost basically the same as competition right it's like it's about the journey it's not about the it's not about the destination it's like yeah. You gotta you gotta try to win, but you're not playing to win. You're playing to learn, right? That's the mm-hmm. it's like the you know the basic it, mindset. It's kind of it's it's a almost forced. I have to think about compensation in some way, basically, because you know uh, I live in a, a world where I have to make money. Yeah. So yeah. it's and you know it just my whole. The process in my brain is if I am good enough at making content, I could do it full time, which would mean I could make bigger, better content. Yeah. Yeah. You can like devote more, more of yourself to it. Cause like then you're cutting out one of the things that you don't normally cut out, right? Which yeah. is your career. Cause your career is your content. So that's like the big benefit there. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I don't know. It's it's really just not never a thing because like I don't know. I enjoy at, at this point content creation for Weiss is about the same as playing to me. It's all just the same. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just it. It's a nice. It you know it fills your time. It's a nice hobby. It's you can still get that sort of competitive itch with it because you're still it's the same process because you're still having to learn and adapt and uh, have, you're still competing. Like you said, cause you're still talking with people and you know, they're challenging your viewpoint. You're challenging theirs. Uh, once in-person events come back, you can hopefully 
start to actually play again, maybe you can get even deeper into it again. And I mean, I really hope in-person events come back for that. I'm, you know, I have a very hopeful look and outlook on 2022 in general. So, yeah, I do as well. I, I think I think it's going to be a good one. So, ho- hopefully, we do again that. But uh, I think we'll wrap it up here. We've been talking for good. I think yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a bit. Yeah, I but figured was, this would happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did too. It was been, it's been a really good time talking with you, Carmen. Um, just plug whatever you want to plug. Speak okay. it into the yeah, sure. ether. So we have our YouTube channel, PGH Weiss Schwartz. Uh, you can just find us at PGH underscore Weiss Schwartz. You just type in Pittsburgh Weiss Schwartz into YouTube. You'll find us. Uh, we put out videos every Friday, um, set reviews, deck profiles, all sorts of stuff like that. Competitive focus content, like I said. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Hunter. It was great.